Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. I have permission from this parishioner to share the story. She is a grandma, and her children live out of state, and she took some time off of work to go babysit the grandkids and, and visit uh, her, her son. And her and her husband were, did a great job in raising their children in the Catholic faith. Uh, they went to the formations, and uh, even the young man, one of the young men there, his sons, said, I, and college said, I can't imagine living my life without God. God means everything to me. He gets married, has children, and uh, life has kind of gotten in the way. And he's kind of distanced, and the children, the youngest or the oldest, is a 10-year-old. And so they're at Mass, and uh, it's time for communion. Of course, the children don't always go, so they don't understand everything. And what are they doing, Grandma? Well, they're going up to communion to receive Jesus. Can I go too? Uh, you know, you, you need to be prepared and all. Well, what grade are the children going there? You have to be in third grade. Well, I'm in fifth grade. Can't I go? Well, you have to go to formation so you know about God and what he asks of us. She goes, I can't do that. I'm too busy. Well, what we do is we put God first in our life because everything we have comes from God, your family and all the things that are beautiful in life. That's a gift from God, so we put him first. And she goes, that's crazy talk. I can't do that. Adults of all ages are busy. Our lives are busy. And even our 10-year-old children are saying they're too busy to even prepare to come and receive the Lord in their lives. And I think a lot of times we kind of share faith by thinking if they go and get indoctrinated in the, the rules of the church and then they go to all the formation things in there, that should be enough. And parents just simply make sure that they get there on time hmm? and make sure they go to formation themselves. But faith isn't parted that way. It's given because it's handed down. I don't know if you knew this or not. I, I do funerals for a living. I didn't, I didn't know if you knew that or not. Huh? I do a lot of funerals. Huh? And one of my most favorite parts after 34 years in my priesthood, and I'll continue to do this, is allowing people to do eulogies at Mass. We do them here after communion. We, we do about three at the most at five minutes each, and a large percentage are really well done and just amazing. But you know what I found out? People come alive in eulogies again. And the way they share stories are amazing. But here's the common thread. Anything important to that person who's speaking on behalf of a loved one, their faith, their love of sports teams, their values came from that person. Can't have me tell you how many times people become New York football giant fans. They just don't decide one day, I'm 14 years old, I'm just going to decide. Many times it's like my dad and mom took me to the Meadowlands and we watched and my heroes played and I got an autograph in there and it became something we listened to on the radio or on television we watched. That was a ritual in this household. We became Detroit Tiger fans because they took us to the old Tiger Stadium and Al Canine hit a home run and I caught the ball. You know? I became a particular fan because in that household it was handed down. Everyone was a Cleveland Browns fan. Huh? 
It happens because people hand that down. And the same thing happens with faith in God. It's modeled, but it's invited into show. What happens is it hurts if you're a New York Yankee fan and your son says, I'm going to be a Red Sox fan. Huh? That's, and it does hurt because you try to hand down what you have, but you still continue to love your son. But people impart it because they're invited in. I follow a football writer, Peter King, on his podcast. He's a well-known football writer. And a few years ago, I listened to his podcast as he went to different tailgate parties in the NFL stadiums. And the one he went to was in Pittsburgh with a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. And the story goes that he found out that this gentleman moved from Green Bay, who was a Packers fan for many years, he moved to Pittsburgh and was living there for a while, and his friends invited him, kept inviting him to be a Steelers fan. He finally said, I think I'm ready. And so they had a ceremony at the tailgate there. <laughs> In that, they handed him a candle, okay, a candle to be kept burning brightly. They had a sponsor talk to him. Why do you feel he would be good in being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan? They called upon the great names of the past Steelers, Franco Harris, Jack Lambert, uh, Terry Hanratty, because he's from Notre Dame, you know, or Terry Bradshaw. Remember these names? That's the lineage you're going to be part of there. Huh? And he had to read the creed of what it meant <laughs> to be a Steelers fan. And I'm listening to it. I finally went, my God, that's the initiation rite of the Catholic Church. <laughs> we call upon the saints. We read the creed. There's a sponsor. And my friend, sports gets it. They get Catholicism. They get faith in God that it's handed down. But what happens is that even adults can become too busy. Our lives are busy no matter what age. And it's a humongous problem in our faith. So we came across a woman named Becky Eldridge, and she was here yesterday to speak to our well-attended home field advantage. She talked about her book, too, Busy Life's Restless Soul. And she gave practical ways of how busy people can live a prayerful life and be invited. Because one of the things we talked about is our parish doesn't need pious talk. Life, lofty talks, give 10 hours a week and all. That's not going to be realistic. It's ideal. And if people can do that, that's a gift. But most of us have busy lives. How can we do realistic things? Her talk was outstanding. Probably one of the best talks I've heard on prayer. We're going to be sending it to you by email, and it'll be on our website later on this week, because I invite everyone, everyone here to listen to that. I think it can make a big difference in our prayer life with our theme. And so Becky has worked many years with young adults, with the youth, with adult formation. She goes around and gives retreats and talks, and she's a spiritual director. The only drawback is she's an LSU fan, okay? She lives in Baton Rouge, but she's got to say, go Tigers at the end of her talk. So we want to welcome you here today for Reflection, Becky Eldridge, to come forward. These little microphones never stay on when you have long hair. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. How are y'all doing? 
Last night, after being at the vigil mass, I went home and, well, to where I'm staying here, and I called my kids and husband, and we have come up with a whole ritual to make Father Eric an LSU fan. <laughs> we, it was awesome. My son was like, yeah, we'll get Billy Cannon. That's who we'll call on. He's like the well-known Heisman Trophy winner from LSU. Uh, but he's so true what Father Eric said, that just like the love of sports, our faith is passed on to us. And I'm standing up here today because many, many people in my life cared enough to teach me about their faith. I almost couldn't get away from it as a child. My mom and dad, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles, it was a prime part of my childhood, just like LSU football was too, right? And when I think about this um, topic our readings all have about this image of light, right, that we are the light of the world. It reminded me of another thing that my parents kind of immersed in me. And as you know, coming from Louisiana, we, we experience a lot of hurricanes, right, several hurricanes. And, you know, part of what I've been immersed in is how to ready myself when a storm comes, right? What, what do we need? Gathering our supplies. And as a kid, my mom would take this big hurricane lamp that always sat on our piano and when a hurricane we knew was coming, she would move it off the piano and she'd put it on our kitchen bar. And it was amazing as a child to watch the process happen. Because she'd put the long wick in, she'd fill the, oil, the candle up with oil, and it was just so much fun because the oil had a little bit of color that you could just sit and watch it wick up, right? And the more it was immersed in the oil, the more the oil would come up to the top. And then inevitably, when the storm would hit, you know, just like we have many storms of life, we'd lose power. And there were so many times that when the power went out, especially at night, it was so dark, we couldn't even see our hands in front of our face. And often when the lights would go out, we'd come into the kitchen around the bar where mom had already readied the hurricane lamp, and it was like so amazing when she struck that match and she put the match to the wick. And just an instant, the darkness was shattered, right? And I know in our lives, we often have storms. We often have moments that feel like darkness. And yet, our scriptures today remind us first of who is our source of light, Jesus Christ, and how also we are called to be sources of light. So while I couldn't bring my mom's hurricane lamp, I wish I could. I keep begging her that I can have it in my house one day. <laughs> but I did bring some oil lamps from back home. And when I think about the way that God has made us, I often think of this oil lamp, right? These oil candles. That our theology teaches us that we are made in such a way that we can't help but want to ground our lives somewhere, right? It's the thing that sends us seeking, searching. It's where our catechism in the Catholic Church opens. It says that God made man to seek God. 
And at the same time, God is trying to draw close to us. So when I think about this oil candle, it reminds me of us, that we are people, right? We have a wick, I think, that runs through us. And there's two ends to that wick. There's a wick that seeks. There's a part of us that wants to be grounded somewhere, right? Like y'all's mission at St. Pat's this year, to be grounded in prayer. But that other part of y'all's mission also captures the other end of the wick, which is to be also grounded in mission, right? The other end of the wick extends out into the world. And this is how we can go about being the light in the world, right? And I know we all want to be light. We all want to be light. But why won't this candle light? For those that are up close, why won't it light? There's no oil, right? We know that we need fuel. We've got, just like my mom's hurricane lamp, right? We need fuel so that what we saturate with is what we end up bringing out into the world. And so St. Clair of Assisi, she says what we contemplate is what we become, right? What we contemplate is what we become. And so we know, we seek to have something to ground our lives in. But why won't this candle stay lit? It's not enough oil, maybe. Who said it? Somebody said, it's water, right? It's water. How often does our search for God, our search for being grounded, our search for trying to be the light in the world, send us to something besides God to be the fuel of our lives, right? And again, remember what St. Clair says, what we contemplate is what we come. What we root our lives in is what we bring out into the world. And so often in our lives, maybe it's football, <laughs> like Father Eric talks about all the time. Maybe it's our pursuit of money. Maybe it's a relationship besides God that we are trying to let that ground our life. And yet, it's ultimately, it never satisfies, right? The light that God calls us to be can't continue. But what these scriptures today call us to clearly is to remember where the source of our light comes from, right? It's y'all's mission grounded in prayer and mission. And when we drop our wick in the oil of God, this is how the light comes into the darkness. This is how it happens. And y'all, last night at the vigil, I lit this thing, and I just told Father Eric before Mass started, we forgot to blow it out. It stayed burning all night until about five minutes before Mass started when I realized, oh my goodness, thank God it did not catch on fire last night, you know? But that's what prayer does for us. Right? That's what coming to the table, to the sacraments, to the communal prayer, being with each other, helping each other drop our wick in the oil of God, committing to every day to prayer. It matters to come drop your wick, my wick, in the oil of God. 
Because what we contemplate is what we become. And Jesus is calling us to become and accept the call that we are the light of the world. So this week, I have two challenges for each of us. Number one, what will help get your wick in the oil of God? Will it be prayer? Will it be coming to the sacraments, communal prayer? Is there a spiritual book you want to read? Is there a podcast that you want to listen to? Music? And also, who are you called to help get their wick in the oil of God? Right? Parents, I am a mom of three. This is our job. (laughs) Right? Like my mom did for me, my dad did for me, my grandparents did for me. Right? Who are we called to help get the wick in the oil of God? And then when we think of the other end of the wick, right, the wick that bears light, where are you being called? Where are we being called to be the light of Christ? And I have to tell y'all, I've done this ministry for 20 years, over 20 years. I have never in my ministry life met a parish like St. Patrick's. Y'all are the light of the world. Amen. Yes? Yes. Y'all are. I, your hospitality, your welcome at your liturgy, you can feel it. Every person I have met. So please do not underestimate the darkness that y'all are shattering by y'all's presence in this community. So I invite you to think about how can you drop your wick in the oil of God? How can you help others? And where are you being called to be the light of the world this week? Tomorrow, I just want to extend two invitations to y'all. We're going to do a morning retreat called Making Hope Real, truly a retreat about how do we very realistically bring hope and light into the world today. Please come join us. It's 9 to 1230. Um, It'll be just a day for you to drop your wick in the oil of God, truly. And then tomorrow night, for those of you who are maybe working or can't make it in the morning, we're doing a talk um, at 6.30 to 8 o'clock in here about one very realistic prayer tool, very practical prayer tool that will help you, you, your relationships, your family, the organizations you even belong to that you can use to drop your wick in the oil of God. Um, and just finally, my, I'll, I'll be outside in the Narthex afterwards. I'd love for you to just come introduce yourself to me. My book's out there. Um, my beautiful publisher, I didn't know they were going to do it. They brought all other kinds of awesome resources. Um, there's a lot of cool prayer tools for kids out there and for families and also for us as adults. Um, so keep doing. Keep shining your light here at St. Pat's because y'all are glorifying God. Thank y'all so much. Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian disciples in mission, 